Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens Andersen and I work for Danfoss Cooling. Thank you for listening in on this podcast, which is the eighth in a series of evaporative refrigeration. Condensation. Condensing a refrigerant or any other gas or vapor is about changing the phase of the substance from vapor into liquid. You do that by removing the latent internal energy from the gas by cooling it down to under the dew point temperature of the substance. That is the reason for the high pressure inside the compressor. Remember that pressure and temperature follow each other so that you increase the pressure, you also increase the dew point. You also increase the dew point temperature or rather the temperature at which the substance changes phase from liquid to vapor and vapor to liquid. Let's look at an example with R404A. We push the pressure up to 18 bar, which is the same as 40 degrees Celsius, and we add extra heat from a compression process, so we end up by some 54 degrees Celsius. The ambient air cools the condenser, and while it cools, the refrigerant itself will not cool, but change from vapor to liquid while releasing the latent internal energy to the ambient air. Once the refrigerant has liquefied, it can cool down. That will be the subcooling. So when the liquid reaches a temperature of, say, 25 degrees Celsius, you have a subcooling of the dew point minus the actual temperature. That is 40 degrees Celsius minus the 25, so in this example the subcooling is 15 Kelvin. The compressor pumps high pressure, high temperature vapor into the condenser. And exposed to the ambient temperature, the vapor inside the condenser cools down to below the phase change temperature, but keeps the pressure. So the latent internal energy in the substance, or here refrigerant, is removed in the form of heat and the vapor starts changing to the liquid phase. The cooling of the condenser could be air or water, and if it's water, the cooling water could then be cooled again by air, all depending on purpose and geographical position. But the main thing is that the refrigerant inside the condenser is cooled down to well below the dew point. Now let's have a look at the condenser itself. There are basically two types of condensers, the air-cooled condenser and the water-cooled condenser. Both types can operate with several different methods or technologies. If we look at the water-cooled first, you can find the shell and tube type, the plate heat exchanger type, or the pipe-in-pipe as the most common types. The main point is, obviously, to have the refrigerant cooled down by water. The air-cooled condenser is, of course, cooled by air, 
Well, it's a silly statement, but it also implies that the airflow through the condenser is important. So, obviously, the condenser should be kept free of leaves and dirt and dust and other things that prevent free flow of air over the air coils. Often, if not always, forced and controlled by fans. Because an air-cooled condenser reacts or is influenced by the ambient temperature, especially in areas where the, there are significant temperature fluctuations, say day or night temperature differences is very big, we need to steady the condensing pressure by the help of a condensing pressure regulator valve. Also, large differences between summer and winter can benefit from a condensing pressure regulator valve. Also, the subcooling is influenced by the condensing pressure regulator. Another method is to control the airflow through the condenser by means of fan speed control. So, by cold weather, the fans run slow or are shut off and fast when it's hot. It also means that the liquid level in the condenser will differ depending on the ambient temperature. So, at low temperatures, the level will be higher than at high temperatures. Controlling a water-cooled condenser does not really represent a problem as the cooling water normally wouldn't have the same temperature fluctuation as ambient air temperatures. I think it's important also to mention that controlling the condenser also influences the function of the expansion valve by maintaining a minimum of pressure drop across the TXV. In fact, keeping the condensing pressure relatively constant also means keeping the pressure drop across the TXV relatively constant, which again leads to a relatively stable system, which is what we want. So, to stabilize the system, it's a great thing to control the condensing pressure at all times, summer or winter, night or day. Like with the other points I have and will touch upon, what I just told you is merely scraping the surface of the subject, so I suggest you to read a bit more about condenser controlling mechanisms. We would greatly appreciate feedbacks and suggestions to future refrigeration topics, or if you have specific questions to this episode, please leave a comment on the Chilling with the Ends SoundCloud page. I look forward to hearing from you. We would also appreciate it if you would click like, share, and repost to help us spread the word about Chilling with the Ends and evaporative refrigeration. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you soon at the next episode. Until then, stay cool. Stay cool.